How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name. As always, I'm joined by Frank Madden. And Frank... There was no Bucks basketball today, and I would say I'm in a better mood than I've been the last two times we've recorded. I don't know if there's any sort of correlation between those two things, but I would certainly, uh, I would certainly think there is. So, are you saying that that having to watch the Bucks play tomorrow in Houston may not be good for your overall uh, state of mind slash headspace? Um. Don't make me say that. No, well, I, I like watching basketball, and I like watching James Harden play basketball. So no matter what, even if the Bucks don't show up, like I'll still be fine. I think it's weird. I think it's funny how James Harden, it, like how many people like dis quote unquote dislike, not really quote unquote, but actively say they dislike James Harden, the way James Harden plays offensive basketball. Um, defense is another question, but. Um, but seem to go after Harden's offense when I feel like there are many similarities with what he does and what many other stars do. Um, and it seems like just the way he draws fouls and how sort of ruthlessly efficient he is and, and, and sort of unabashedly sort of tactical about it. Like people dislike that. Um, and I find that kind of interesting. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Harden, I mean, the, it's interesting. I think the, the, you could argue the Bucks are playing the Rockets at a good time because uh, we're talking here on, uh, what is it, Tuesday night? Yeah, Tuesday night. Uh, the Rockets have just lost uh, their, I guess, their second straight game. Um, and it's, it was in Miami against a team that's obviously not very good. Uh, I think the, the Heat were what, I guess the Heat were worse than the Sixers coming in tonight, I, I think, if that makes Bucks fans feel any better. Um, and uh, I, I watched the second half of the game, and I have to say it was actually somewhat Bucks versus Sixers-like in that Ugh. they were in the game, they were kind of trailing by a bit for a lot of it, um, but just couldn't ever play from the front. And then in the fourth quarter, just pff, horrible transition deed, like, not much energy, like Harden just kind of going one on none, or not one on none, one on one, and you know, kind of not much going on. And probably the more important thing for the Bucks is that Ryan Anderson misses the game. I think he's got like the flu or some type of illness. I think he's been under the weather for a few days. Didn't play at all tonight. Um, Corey Brewer goes into the starting lineup. Uh, actually, hit a couple threes, which is amazing because as I mentioned last time, Corey Brewer is a terrible three point shooter. He's like twenty two percent on the season. Um, Ironically, pretty much everybody else was terrible <laughs> shooting for the Rockets, which is rare. Um, last time I checked, I don't know what they finished. They were like 8 out of 37. Uh, I think Eric Gordon was 1 out of 10. Um, Gordon left the game with, uh, I think, what was described as a sprained toe. Came back after wrapping it, but he clearly was not um, up to his his usual high bar. And and obviously, um, you know, if you're talking about a Bucks team that has been you know, hemorrhaging threes, uh, not having Ryan Anderson and uh, Eric Gordon at full strength or at all 
would be pretty damn important because those guys are, are pretty central to uh, to the offensive attack that that the Rockets have. Maybe not James Harden important, but those guys have been pretty pretty awesome for the for the Rockets so far. Harden had another forty ten and ten triple double tonight, which yeah. is. Um, <laughs> Becoming way more commonplace than uh, I mean, come on forty ten and ten. That's ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. Um, I, tonight he takes thirty shots, four fifteen from three. Um, so not the most efficient night from Harden, but come on, forty points, twelve rebounds, and ten assists. That's just so ridiculous. Um, so yeah, it, I do think. I mean, obviously the Bucks kind of mirror the the Rockets in a way that you probably don't mind playing the Bucks right now because they're in a bit of a funk. But yeah, if you can catch the Rockets on on a night where one it's a back to back, two you're you're gonna they're gonna be missing some of their key players. I think that can only go well for the Bucks, and um, it'll be interesting to see how much Capella plays nine minutes tonight and. It sounded like what I saw on Twitter was that he was quite rusty, which, I mean, is to be expected. Um, but uh, you do wonder how much he'll play uh, tomorrow night and kind of how that all works. And I know before we started recording, we were talking about, well, with their, if it is more Harrell and not as much Capella, who's who who are their bigs and and if they're going to go smaller like this where i mean tonight was harden beverly brewer ariza and then capella for the first nine and then harrell um decker nene eric gordon all coming off the bench that's pretty small And, and there's there's going to be a good matchup for Jabari or Giannis. I don't know who it's going to be, um, but but essentially pretty much whoever Trevor Ariza doesn't cover, they're, they're going to have a matchup, and uh, they're going to have a good chance of going off tomorrow night. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, the, you know, Brewer is, is a, a guy who, I mean, he's kind of made his career on defense and energy, um, and he's, you know, he's 6'9", right? He's not a small guy, but he's, he's thin and, and obviously... Um, especially if you put him on a guy like Jabari, he, he obviously does not have much bulk. Um, so he'll probably have to do some flopping to try to draw fouls if, if they try to play through Jabari and Jabari, you know, tries to, um, you know, attack the rim and, and, and use his muscle, um, on him, you know, on the block and kind of working him the way he's been doing. I, I feel like we haven't seen Jabari do some of that stuff, you know, kind of just the, um, the crafty, you know, not not even necessarily post ups, but just sort of dribble on, dribble drive on, and then just sort of like back down into into layups. Um, there, there hasn't like, been a ton of bully ball Bari lately. I will. Yeah, yeah, but um, but certainly some some potential there. I mean, Ariza, um, you know, obviously for his career has, has generally been considered a, a you know good defender. He's six nine, so you know he has versatility there. They've certainly used him a lot to to shield Harden from um, you know top opposing. Uh, offensive players over the years um but uh but yeah you would hope that there'd be some matchups there jabari uh obviously last year had his career high 36 points uh at the bradley center against the rockets um and i think the year before uh as a rookie i believe jabari went like had like a 13 out of 14 free throw night against the rockets at the bradley center like he it was one of the weird statistical quirks of jabari's rookie year i think in his first like 10 game 10 home games he was like 0 for 6 from the free throw line like incredibly did not make a free throw in his first 10 games and then i think he went 13 out of 14 in the 11th or something like that but um but yeah maybe some favorable matchups there i mean the rockets obviously are not a 
defense first team. Um, I think we saw tonight the, some some potential to exploit them in transition. Obviously, they like to play fast, and um, but you know for the Rockets, so much obviously comes down to whether they're turning the ball over and whether they're hitting threes. They turn it over. They I think they have the um, they're 26th in uh, turnover rate, which is bad. So they turn it over a lot. Um, and uh, on the flip side, though, they obviously make tons and tons of threes. They're going to set another record for uh, three pointers attempted and made this year probably. Uh, and if it's a hot shooting night, Bucks will not have a chance. <laughs> That's just as simple as that. I would uh, say let's hope that one for ten Eric Gordon and four for fifteen James Harden don't even themselves out just tomorrow night. Like it's going to be better than four for fifteen and one for ten. Uh, I'm sure yeah. that they're going to shoot better than five for twenty five. But uh, hopefully they don't get it all back in one night, like a fifteen for, yeah. for twenty five kind of night. Uh, so hopefully the Bucks can. Uh, avoid whenever that that regression reversion whatever you want to call it whenever that occurs hopefully the bucks can avoid that um but it it seems safe to say that they'll shoot better uh tomorrow night so uh i mean it's been something the bucks have struggled with lately the threes i mean it's something they've struggled with the last three years giving up a bunch of threes um but we'll see uh You'd assume the Rockets can take advantage of that tomorrow night, but you'd hope that that the Bucks can try to take advantage of uh, the Rockets as well. And it's interesting too with Harden is uh, I think there's times where his uh, his defense gets a little bit exaggerated and that gets overemphasized. But uh, it's kind of funny to think like a guy like like Brogdon who maybe cuts behind some people or Delhi who who's not gonna draw a ton of attention because i mean he's he's deli he's not super talented offensive maybe those are the type of guys that harden might willingly take a few plays off against uh so uh we'll have to see if the bucks can take advantage of that um well well i would i mean i think i would expect harden to guard tony snell and jason terry right because pat beverly is is playing big chunks of the game and he'll defend presumably the point guard so as much as harden's the offensive point guard you think so i i was trying to figure out which I was trying to figure out which guys they were going to try to hide him on. Uh, with Brogdon, it seems a little. I don't. I think Brogdon, you wouldn't want to put Harden on, maybe. But Delhi, I don't. Do you really mind? You would, you know the Rockets. Probably well, I think the main thing would be just. Yeah, I mean, I think the main thing is you just like with Harden, you just you know, the the less he has to do, the better. And I mean, Delhi doesn't do, doesn't do much, but he will handle the ball and go into pick and rolls and stuff. And you know, probably you'd rather just have you know Harden sort of tagging along with. Terry and and Snell as they kind of run around a little bit and and, and spot up on the perimeter, but um, but we'll see. And you know that Jason Terry, since he revenge game tonight, in Houston, yeah. clearly clearly Jason Kidd is going to play Jason Terry way too much in Houston tomorrow night. Um, like what what is the over under on Jason Terry minutes tomorrow? Like twenty eight or something like that. I'm, I wish I was joking, but I'm I've got a terrible feeling. Well, I think the more interesting thing is Beasley and Terry combined minutes. That's got to be what up 50, 55 would be the line somewhere in there. Like those two together. That's, that's true. Beasley as well. Beasley as well. I, something tells me Mike D'Antoni will not fall into the trap of playing <laughs> Tyler Ennis, uh, 25 minutes. Um, but this is a classic uh, Jason Kidd overplaying guys against their old teams type game. Um, and, and we'll see. I mean, the one thing I would say about Beasley is, you know, as we were saying, I mean, the Rockets, tend to go small um or or right now they're they're probably tending going to tend to go small if anderson is out um and and obviously anderson doesn't really play like a a big guy certainly offensively Mm -hmm. but um but especially with harrell i mean harrell is is really a fascinating player because you know 
it's funny at louisville i always thought of him as like this really huge dude you know like really big <laughs> and strong but then you see him in the yeah yeah you see him in the nba and you're like oh okay yeah in the nba six eight is is not big Um, (laughs) you know he's 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 like you know a couple years ago you would have called him an undersized power forward and and now he's you know a center and you know he shoots like 66 percent from the field and um you know with hard and running pick and rolls he's he's a great rim runner Uh, i don't know how many alley-oops he's finished this year from from harden um but uh, obviously capella's terrific i'm a huge capella fan um but missing him for i don't know if it was a month or two months uh with a broken fibula i don't think they missed him all that much to be honest Uh, and and a lot of that credit goes to to harrell and and obviously it's interesting if you're going to play him at center uh with ariza and and brewer for instance as the rest of your front line um you know is there a well I was going to ask, is there a point to starting John Henson? That that would sound like another p- cheap shot at John Henson. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's a separate question. Is there even a point to starting a true center? Um, but I, I, as we know, Jason Kidd always starts a center. Um, he would never start. I, I mean, I don't even expect him to go small because he's seemingly kind of forgotten about that stuff of late. I was just going to ask if, if that was something we might see. Because, uh, I mean, if there's ever been a team to do it against this Rockets team is waiting to have a small ball lineup unleashed on them. So, I mean, I, my fingers are certainly crossed that we'll see some center Giannis tomorrow night. Um, am I crazy for, for one? It, I don't even know if it's wanting, expecting that. I expect to see some center Giannis. I'm, I'm generally pro small ball lineups. If it means you can get Toledovich on the court. And I know people are, I feel like a lot of people are very negative on Toledovic right now. Um, but Hashtag free Mirza. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I mean, I think I haven't checked the, you know, the, the ratings yet. I mean, I, I, I think he's still terrific with Giannis. In theory, he should be terrific with Giannis. He's, you know, a guy who stretches the floor and demands the defense's attention, you know, inside half court, basically. Um, and he, he and he and Ryan Anderson are actually, they have a fair bit of similarities in the sense that, they probably take the worst and longest three pointers of anybody in the league this side of Steph Curry, um, and a lot of that's because, you know, and and I think Bill Simmons was talking about this. They were like talking about like, oh, Ryan Anderson should take take threes closer to the three point line, and it's like, well, I'm sure if Ryan Anderson, if teams just left him open twenty three feet nine inches from the hoop, he'd probably shoot more threes <laughs> from there. But if you're gonna jack up ten threes a game. You got to take. You got to be a little bit further away, yeah. Exactly, and you and you got to shoot shots with with guys on you. And, and Toledovich is obviously kind of similar, um, which you know makes it kind of remarkable that Toledovich, you know, uh, shoots has shot the percentages that that he has over the years. Um, and you know, even this year, I think uh, you know a lot of people have have kind of been disappointed in him um, overall. But I mean, he's shooting thirty seven percent from three. He's a career thirty seven point four percent shooter. Um, you know he's he's down to 39% from the field overall but um obviously you know he's not in there to to take you know in shots inside the arc i think i think the frustration with mirza is maybe that he like like if if teams close out he's very aggressive like seems or he's seemingly been very aggressive driving and then actually trying to like occasionally take shots off drives <laughs> and that hasn't worked out very well um but he is at 55% true shooting so it's not like he's been you know what you'd say, what do you call inefficient either? I, I guess the big thing is, I mean, this has been my line all year is you can't, you can't beg for a shooter and more shooting, whether you're a fan 
or a Jason Kidd and then be upset when that shooter shoots it. <laughs> the, the that doesn't that doesn't seem to make any sense to me. Like you you wanted a shooter, so go let the guy shoot. Um and yeah, there's there's going to be some bad ones, but that's what shooters do. Um so I don't know, it, it I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hashtag free Mirza and I'm hoping maybe this will be the game that he gets back into the rotation. But, uh, you just look at this Bucks team the last couple games hasn't, haven't been as many three point attempts. And I mean, an obvious reason for it is no or little Mirza. So, uh, we'll see if he gets back into the rotation, I guess, talking a little bit more about the bench guys, the role guys, I mean, Monroe hasn't been great the last couple of games. Beasley's been bad on defense, I mean, seemingly since San Antonio. Uh, Mears is barely playing. I mean, even the brogdon Delhi combo hasn't been great lately. Uh, the last couple of games they've struggled. Is is there something those guys can do to to get going again? Is there something specifically you're thinking is wrong with them right now? I, I guess... The, the Bucks kind of seem to have a, a role player problem right now. Yeah, it, it, it's tough because, um, you know, obviously we've talked a lot about the bench uh, being so vital to this team for a long time. And, you know, we've we've drawn comparisons between this season and the 2014-15 uh, uh, season a number of times and how, uh, you know, early on it was the bench carrying the team and the starting units, you know, not playing particularly well. Um and then you, people may remember that season kind of kind of flipped going into January, and a big piece of that, one of the things that a lot, I think rightfully a, a big narrative around that season was that well the, the Bucks bench became garbage in the second half, um, and actually interesting the Michael Carter Williams starting lineup was actually quite good. I think they were like, I mean they were they were very solid. They were like plus six I think that that season, mm-hmm. um, but the, the bench was just really bad. And I mean a big part of the reason the bench got bad was because. There were some injuries. Jared Dudley was hurt, et cetera. But, I mean, people forget. Giannis was coming off the bench, I think, until early December that year. And Zaza was coming off the bench because they had Larry Sanders still. Yeah. And they had a number of guys. John Henson was coming off the bench. I mean, they had a number of guys who um, were coming off the bench that were, like, very good for bench players. Obviously, even second year Giannis was a very good bench player. Um, so that was, I think, a big part of why uh, – the, that flip happened is because well you started starting guys who used to be carrying your bench. Um, I think this year, obviously, it's not necessarily the same effect except for Brogdon, obviously, right? Flipping Delhi and Brogdon obviously is a big move, and I think the tough part with Delhi is Delhi's been overlapping basically exclusively with Monroe the past couple games. And shout out to um, to Adam McGee from Behind the Buck Pass because he tweeted out a, a, a comment that that Brogdon and Monroe. Um, also, no known as, row. also known as Bragro, uh, <laughs> have only shared the court for an average of two minutes the last two games. And, you know, this was one of the concerns that you raised when we discussed Brogdon coming, Brogdon starting was, oh, well, are you going to lose, you know, the magic Brogdon-Monroe combination? And um, and on the one hand, I, I'd, I'd say, well, if you want to help Delhi get out of a slump, there are probably two guys I would point at point at most most directly to say those guys can help and that would be Giannis because obviously Giannis and also Monroe and um, I think it is interesting because I mean I wasn't even thinking about the Delhi Brogdon sort of dynamic but 
we have mentioned that Monroe's been a big negative the past few games as well. And not that even necessarily that he's played that poorly, but he's been a negative. The bench has, you know, not sort of kept up their end of the bargain or at least lived up to the high bar that we'd seen early in the season. So it's kind of a tough thing for for Kid, I think, to probably figure out is, you know, do you try to help Delhi by running him with Monroe? Or are you, you know, shooting yourself in the foot and hey, you got to get Monroe minutes with Brogdon and and some of those previous lineups. I think, I mean, we've talked about some of the stupid lineups that we've seen, that we've seen like, <laughs> yeah. in Atlanta, the Von Telly-Terry lineup or whatever, the Von uh, Delly-Terry lineup, which is just, no, come on, Jason. Like, yeah, that's right. Um, but I think more broadly, I think it is interesting um, to see whether they, they maybe try to get Brogdon and Monroe more minutes together. Because obviously, I mean, there's, it's not like starting a guy means you can't play him with certain guys off the bench, right? It's just a matter of like proactively kind of staggering them in a way that, that does that. And I mean, even when Delhi was out, they, they were finding a way to make it happen. Uh, I mean, that man Monroe was going for longer stretches and maybe that wasn't, wasn't the best thing, but they, they figured it out without that other point guard like that. So it seems strange to think that they wouldn't be able to figure it out once Delhi comes back. Like there, there should be some things that that you can do to make it, make it better. And I mean, honestly, too, you mentioned the other guy that may be able to help Delhi out of this slump and it's Giannis. So maybe that means Delhi enters a little bit earlier and Brogdon comes out a little bit, whatever it may be. I think there there's definite positives to one getting Delhi some more of that that sweet sweet Giannis time, and then uh, getting Monroe and Brogdon together for a little bit. Like I think you can you can likely accomplish both of those things by just moving the rotation around a little bit. And I mean, obviously, I, I'm a I'm a major major pro- proponent of Brogdon and Monroe together. Um, and yeah. Two, what I think two minutes per game or two minutes in the last two games or whatever it was. I mean, you can not when you think back to that game. You, I remember seeing maybe like a Delhi lobbed to Monroe, Monroe finding Delhi for a back cut. Like you, the, you, you can literally not remember any of the time that that Monroe and Brogdon were on the floor together. So um, I think that would would definitely help the the bench and the role players kind of get in their groove again so uh we'll see if any of that happens in houston um any other things you're you're really looking out for uh with this bucks team right now uh are we at a point where is Plumlee gonna start tomorrow like is that is that that gonna happen at some point i have i have miles Plumlee's uh player page up right now just looking at it um (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of funny. It's a it's a weird hill to die on. The Miles the play Miles Plumley hill is a very strange one to to die on. And I don't even us, know if I'm that, there. Like, I don't even know if I'm there. I'm just saying. Like, it seems I'll, like the I'll Jason. Be, I'll 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 be the I'll 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 take that L. I'll be the guy who okay. argues for Miles Plumley to play. Well. Miles Plumley playing is an L, probably. <laughs> That's a losing yeah. battle to make that argument, probably. But when you when you put it as Miles Plumley playing over John Henson, suddenly it doesn't feel so like such a bad argument to have. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I mean, like especially with uh, like the way the defense has been playing of late, and you know, I mean, okay, Miles Plumley is not going to like solve their problems, especially given that you know the, uh, much of their issue, obviously, is is the fact that they have to be their rotations have to be so tight. 
um, on the perimeter in order to limit opponent three-point shooting. I mean, that's the whole, like, the premise of the defense, obviously, is like, yeah, you're going to have to be really good and athletic and long to rotate and not just give up tons of open threes. Um, so, I mean, Plumlee isn't obviously affecting that so much. Um, but his mobility could help. You know, there could be a trickle-down effect when you think about pick-and-roll defense, things like that. Um, he's obviously, I'd say, more mobile and athletic than Henson, so, you know, maybe helps a little bit there. Um, I mean, historically, he obviously has not been as good a rim protector as Henson as much as Henson has probably been overrated as a rim protector. Um, but I think part of the issue, too, I mean, and, and maybe it's not an issue tomorrow for the reasons we mentioned with the, you know, other than Nene, they really don't have, the Rockets don't have, like, you know, really burly guys who are going to push you around. Um, you know, Plum, getting a little bit stronger center maybe isn't that big of a deal. And Henson, or Plumley isn't really, I wouldn't call him a strong center per se anyway, but I would say he's stronger than Henson. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm all in favor of the random Henson benching to see what Miles Plumley can do. Um, it eventually happened last year, um, you know, and, and I, I, mean, I always come back to the idea of what are you doing with John Henson? And, you know, if, if your ambition is to trade him, um, again, then you kind of have to keep playing him and hope he starts playing better. Um, but, you know, and I'm, I'm, and to be clear, I'm kind of resigned that you're Plumlee is kind of your guy that gives, especially given his age and his contract, like, well, you're not trading that dude. Like, you know, you're stuck with him. And obviously I'm, I'm also kind of like, I, I have a weird amount of patience with Plumlee because I'm just like, well, he's on the team for the next four <laughs> years. So, um, you know, sort out what you're going to, you know, you can sort out what you're going to do with Monroe and, and Henson. And, you know, one of them presumably is going to be around, but Plumlee will be. So, you know, Miles will be ready <laughs> whenever that happens. And hopefully his his uh, his leaping ability won't be gone by then. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'd, I'd be I'm, I'm pro random Miles Plumlee start. Um, and, and I don't know, I'm, I'm also pro Toledovich getting some run, um, because, you know, I mean, like, look at Plumlee's minutes, his last four games, one minute, six minutes, zero minutes, three minutes. It's like, well, you know, again, I mean, I'm like, he's not going to flash, he's not going to make his case to start there. And I don't know what, what he's been doing in practice, obviously versus Henson, but, um, but I, I think it'd be interesting to see kind of what, what he might do. Um, and, and whether he can make a difference. I mean, I think part of the issue too is that the Bucks' offense has been really good. And in theory, Henson should be the one, you know, hurting you on offense. And mm-hmm. he's probably just, you know, he's not like totally de- derailing them offensively. Yeah. So it's like, oh, maybe his defense will start to kick in. But it's just, you know, obviously we're just not seeing, not seeing a real defensive impact. So it's, um, it's tough. So I, I'd like to see, I'd like to see more Mirza, you know, I mean, more threes, floor spacing. Um, even if he's not, you know, again, on a super hot streak, I, I want to see him playing more. Um, and I'd like to see Plumlee get a shot at some point, but, you know, as we mentioned the other day, do you, you know, do you really want to roll a bunch of changes in at once? Um, you know, cause, cause then you're kind of introducing a lot of variables, which I don't know, maybe, maybe that's a shakeup that Jason Kidd wants at this point, given how the teams played the past couple of games. Um, or maybe it's a little too much, you know, changing all at once, but, but we'll see. And, and obviously, you know, in fairness to Beasley, he's obviously been scoring well over the past week or two. Um, so he's he's deserved some run. We assume we'll see him tomorrow night just because of the former team effect that Jason Kidd <laughs> subscribes to so religiously. Um, but uh, but I don't know that man, that Beasley defense has been is is Beasley is Beasley become a worse defender than Toledovich over the past like week. I mean, he really shouldn't be, but. Yeah, 
It, like, it, it's got to be really close. If if it if he hasn't surpassed Mirza's uh, lack of defense, that's a weird way to phrase it. But yeah, he he's been it's been brutal. Like it, just getting totally lost on guys, not making the right rotations, not making rotations. Period. Um, it's it's been really bad. And yeah, you do almost wonder there. There was so much talk in the locker room from the players of not having the energy and focus they needed, and same thing with with Jason talking about energy and effort. I mean, he always talks about energy and effort, but uh, really, the last couple day, the last couple games, it's been we're not getting a three point line, we're not doing those things, and and I guess part of me wonders, okay, maybe Miles, like if there's one thing Miles Plumley does well, like I'm not sure about his rim protection, but that dude likes to sprint around places um, like and, and defensively, like maybe that's what you need. Like you may, maybe you need a bit of a loose cannon to go out a little bit too far and to try to close someone down that they shouldn't close down. And maybe that's kind of the jump start that the defense would need to kind of get back moving the right way. Or maybe it is just Mirza doing the correct rotations slowly. Like they, I do think they're in the next little while, I mean, this has been seven games of 100-plus points. It seems like there's a shakeup not all too far away, and we've been saying that for the last week. So <laughs> I wonder if the shakeup is not too far away. It seems like they, they've been ready for one for a little while now. So we'll see if that is what happens against Houston. Uh, one thing I'm pretty sure is going to happen is I, I'm going to see a bunch of threes. Um, and I, I guess what... Let's let's do one over under Frank and let's get out of here. Okay. Rockets threes over under forty. Um. Well, they took I think thirty nine tonight. Uh. Without Ryan Anderson. They did. Um, I'm assuming Ryan Anderson yeah. is out, so that's why I kept it around. Yeah. A little yeah. bit lower than maybe you would think. Um. Uh. What do they average? They average right around forty, right? Um. I think I have their their stats here somewhere. Um. I mean, it, it would it would seem to be really weird to say that the Bucks are going to hold the Rockets, the Bucks of all teams are going to hold the Rockets of all teams under their their season average. Um, yeah, their season average is forty even coming into tonight, so we're right about the same. Um, they're first in attempts, first in makes, fifteen a game, sixth in three point uh, percentage, thirty-seven point five percent. Likely no Ryan Anderson. That's not for sure, but potentially no Ryan Anderson. And I mean, for people curious, Ryan Anderson averages seven threes attempted per game. He hits forty percent of them. So, um, so that would be a big miss. Eric Gordon averages nine threes per game uh, attempted. It's forty-one percent. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think they've had the stat I've seen a bunch is they have like four guys, and I think like the top ten or fifteen or something like that in three-point attempts and makes. Um, per game they have four guys who make 2.8 threes per game that's Harden 3.1 Ariza 2.8 Anderson 2.8 Gordon 3.7 so um, you know those guys alone make more than the Bucks do as a team right I think the Bucks are like eight or nine threes per game so that's that's um, that's a lot of threes basically Harden Ariza and Anderson are are the Bucks in total uh, <laughs> in terms of makes um, so I will say 40 over number forty. Um, I'll 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 let you th- make the case for the over. I'll I'll zag and foolishly say the under. 
just because of Anderson likely missing and maybe Gordon being limited by the foot injury. Oh man, um, I wanted to go with the under. I, okay, I'll uh, go with the over. Okay. That's well, fine. Then, no, that's fine. I got the over. You're uh, going to be right, Eric. You're going to be right. So take the over. I mean, okay, fine. I'll take the over. James Harden is going to shoot a bunch of threes. Eric Gordon is going to shoot a bunch of threes. Sam Decker is going to shoot a bunch of threes, making all of the white folks in Wisconsin very happy. Decker's been good this year. I mean, he's, he has been. I agree. He's made, he's made some threes. He's um he's looked kind of more athletic than well, I don't know. He's always kind of been like he's springy. He makes plays. He makes like enough plays where you're just like he's kind of sneaky athletic, and but like you're always saying that and everybody's saying that, and so it's not really like that sneaky anymore. It's just like eh, he, no, he's just athletic. He's a, yeah, he's, he's a slightly above average athlete. I mean, he's six nine. You know, um, he'll he'll be. Uh, I think his vert's like thirty, like five, thirty seven, somewhere in there. Like, yeah, vert, num- vert numbers numbers are total BS though. Like Kevin Love, I think had like a thirty six or thirty seven inch vert. Sure, like, but I think his his vertical is very functional. Like it's not like Thonmaker has whatever they say it is, but he doesn't really jump like when he tries to dunk the ball i feel like decker's athleticism is very functional i will say this thon has great closeout hops thon yes thon blocked that close that uh three-pointer the other day he and he showed it in vegas too he has tremendous closeout hops when it comes to dunking he can barely he like always barely gets it over the rim for some reason but uh um, yeah but yeah so anyway so they're gonna hit they're gonna take like 55 tomorrow um hit like 22 and um, then we'll always remember the time that I said that they would shoot under 40 uh, <laughs> for, for no good reason. But it, it will be interesting to see. I mean, it's a, this will be Bucks team that has basically been, you know, uh, lambasted now. And presumably in practice, this has been the big emphasis now for a while on, you know, well, maybe not for a while, but especially after the Monday game, um, their defense and the rotations and things like that. We'll see if they make any lineup changes. Um because uh, oh it was before before the atlanta game that was all they talked about was they yeah. got to slow him down with the three-point line and then they let him shoot a bunch so i i think that's been a focus now for a good while probably a week or so so we'll we'll see if they can clean it up well there was um a lot to clean up on monday and uh <laughs> there is a, let's just say they're gonna have a hard time cleaning up in in houston but that's why they play the game this is uh this is an espn game isn't it it is. I don't know if that's good, but uh, it's an ESPN yeah. game. Yeah, yes, it is. Um, all right, that's going to be it for us. We will we'll be back tomorrow after the Rockets and the Bucks take uh, take on ESPN. See see what see what happens there. It's weird to think that the Bucks are. I mean, another national TV game, so that's kind of cool. I think this is they flex this one, yep. and I don't think yep. this was originally on the schedule. So the Bucks getting flexed into national TV, like that's. That's pretty dope. So uh, we'll see if hopefully it goes a little bit better than their last uh, national TV performance. Maybe we shouldn't talk about that. We won't. Um, but that is going to be it for us for today on uh, Lockdown Bucks. For Frank Mann, I'm Eric Name. We'll talk to you tomorrow.